If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to season two of the audiobook club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined by Viviana, enchantress of books. Viviana, it's such a joy to have you on the show. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Totally like counting down the hours until we had our chat today. So I was like, I got my breakfast in, I got my coffee, I'm all set. I'm like, yay. <laughs> That's very nice. I'm so pleased to have you on the show. It was only a few, uh, was it a few weeks since we last spoke? Yeah, because you were on my show of the Audiobook Loving <laughs> series for, for June and you, you kicked it all off. It was so fun. And, and I was so excited when you asked if I would be your guest. And I'm like, um, I'm not used to it, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I was going to ask this a little bit later on, but like, how, how are you? Because I've heard you on other shows as well as a guest, but like, how, like, naturally, do you feel more? comfortable as the interviewer rather than the interviewee like how do you feel about like you know the tables being turned as it were I, I'm okay with the tables being turned as long as I know it's going to be turned I've had some rogue mm. guests sometimes on the, <laughs> on the podcast I'm not sure if that's ever happened to you on yours but I'm like hey wait a minute hold on uh it, it's I'm all fine for it I'm, uh, but I, it's a little weird because I'm used to being the one shining shining the light on you guys as the guest and it's the same thing when I do panels and I do workshops. I am providing you guys the information that you all are in, in need of, not asking me about where I started, except for that basic intro. So you guys know I'm legit. Yeah. <laughs> and other than that, it's like what you guys, I'm like, whoa, you want about me? Okay. If you guys, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm excited. It hasn't been a while. I don't think I've been a guest in an official other podcast. So you're also my first. So thank you. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Well, that's nice to, nice to know. But the um, yeah, I mean, that's happened a few times. Where, because my problem is I ask questions that I wouldn't know how to answer, which I know is like a big no-no. <laughs> but like I've asked a few questions to people and they've answered it and they said, well, what about you? And I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought, <laughs> never thought about it in the slightest. What an odd question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I remember back to that. Well, I probably would listen to what you have to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um so I'd love to start off with just getting uh to know a little bit about your background and like how you found yourself in this crazy world of of audiobooks and authors and story would you mind just sort of giving us a quick rundown of of how you got into all of this yeah no of course I've been an avid reader since toddler age i mean no lie um I, my mom took a photo of me sitting in the potty reading a book when i was two years old <laughs> which is the only acceptable moment to be have you know to have such a photo and be able to post it on social media nowadays um yeah. is when you're two and it's kind of like went from there always a reader and uh and even doing books on tape 
Um, I still mm. have my first uh, audiobook of sorts. It was a Disney Pinocchio on vinyl. Oh, nice. I still have it in the garage. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just been like that. And then I kind of started back about when I was 22, getting more into doing book reviews, which I had done in the past, but just not. Um, it's been a while because, you know, adulting happens and you have to grow up and day job yeah. and all that fun stuff. Um, telling you, man, it sucks. But uh, it's, it's, you know, kind of doing that and doing book reviews, which is where Enchantress of Books comes from. And mm. then the whole side of the marketing came up with blog tours and authors asking to be spotlight in on the pot, on the blog for reviews mm. and things like that and realized that there was an opportunity there for me to make it into um, contribute to the community as, as someone to help the authors um, on that mm. side of things and Enchantress Design and Promo came into place and real and in, uh, with the mixing of those two, realizing that there is this whole demographic of audiobooks that, again, I was a listener and a lot of my friends were too, that no one was talking about. Like mm. literally nothing. I mean, we all knew about when Pi Day was a national holiday <laughs> and uh, chocolate, stuff like that, but never not realizing that audiobook, there was an entire month that we could do celebrating, yeah. which is, uh, you know, also known as June. And uh, a friend of mine, Kelly, who was the owner of Books and Kisses, also a book reviewer and a blogger, um, had this conversation. I'm like, do you guys know of anything? Do you know of anyone that's doing anything for this month as a celebration? Because, you know, <laughs> we love audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And the answer was no. And kind of did some research because that's always important. Making sure that I, I am not an, a fan of reinventing the wheel. Um, but if I have to re if I have to invent it, I'm gonna make sure it's something big and major and uh, and worth it because it's a lot of work. Um, or or if there's something already out there, how can we improve it and make it our own and truly your own? Because otherwise, that's called stealing and not cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, nine years ago. She and I got together and we did the audiobook loving series, and uh, the rest is history. I've been doing it solo now for so about seven years because her um she owns her own business and timing is just really bad because it's taxes here in the states and it's usually when we start doing the the ramp up for the june stuff so i've been all by myself as the song says for a couple of years but it's been fun it's been fun yeah it's like what was it about like audiobooks specifically like as a medium that drew you in like you know and especially like to create a show and an award-winning blog about audiobooks like what is it about that medium that that captures you I am a multitasker and I was finding myself being not having enough time to sit down and read books because I'm also a busybody. I, I feel like mm -hmm. the concept of taking time downtime is mm -hmm. like, what else could I be doing? Am I missing something? Did I forget something? I'm um, constantly working, working. I have a really good work drive, but really bad self-care drive. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> And so at the day job to also keep things interesting, because, you know, spreadsheets are never fun uh, as mm -hmm. much as I love them. I just started, you know, kind of getting more into audiobooks that way to to listen to that more and and this, you know, on the drive over all this other fun yeah. stuff and go from there. But uh, again, celebrating it was just one of those like, how are we not talking about this stuff more? And there was nothing in there because my friends would get um, in my DMs on Facebook. Um, and like, Hey, are you reading this one? Did you read the latest, you know, Charlie Davidson mm -hmm. series from Dorinda Jones or what about Danica Dark's seven series? And people were asking and recommendations started and then kind of like that kind of 
begin to like, okay, we have an, a, a possibility here to do something from a community perspective and get more people involved and yeah. more the merrier <laughs> as this saying yeah. goes. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I guess like as well as with, with an audiobook, you have a whole new realm. You have a whole yeah. new realm to appreciate and to comment on and to review, which is, of course, the narration and the production side of things. Oh, God, Did you yeah. find yourself like adapted from, you know, reading maybe like a paperback or something to having to review like this bigger entity of an audiobook with the full, you know, everything that goes on to that? Did you find adjusting to that quite easy? Yes, because a lot of times, especially now, I'm still realizing that when people talk about audiobooks, they focus solely on the performance side of things and mm -hmm. more so um, the males um, and how mm -hmm. good they sounded saying certain phrases. And they kind of forget that there is um, usually traditionally um, another narrator in, in the mix that's uh, femme presenting and also the story. Because I mean, mm -hmm. I love hearing you guys talk and I can literally hand you the yellow pages. But when I'm picking <laughs> up a book, I, I, I need the story. So when I review and, and continue to this day, I, I my reviews tend to be two parts. And usually yeah. that's the first part being the story. What is it about the character development? What I loved about the plots? Did I, what are the twists and turns? Did I see this coming? And was the journey to the athlete ever after something that was mm -hmm. nice and pleasurable to listen to and read? And then the second part of that is the performance because a narrator can make or break a story. You know, the story could be fantastic and the narrator is not so much. And, uh, <laughs> or the other way around where the story was okay. And the narrator is like, oh, thank goodness you're narrating it. I've thrown books across the room figuratively um, uh, when I was eyeballing it because I just couldn't get into it for whatever the reasons. And then I look to see if it's an audio and bam, it is. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so the the audiobook loving podcast mm -hmm. so um as we mentioned that i had the pleasure of being on myself very recently like what made you want to start a podcast of all things like why podcasting as a medium so the series is kind of launched everything the podcast that happens bi-weekly now is a spin-off mm -hmm. of the series and because mm -hmm. the series is a month long you don't, a lot of people don't stop to think about the amount of work that goes into it. And for yeah. me, I was like, if anyone's going to listen, they'll at least listen to this one month of me and that's enough and sufficient. And they'll have to wait an entire year to have to listen <laughs> to me again and they'll be fine. But a lot of folks, as the years progressed, were asking about having this be more than just for the month of and that it should be done more often. And, you know, have you considered a podcast? And then I... Mm -hmm had um, Amy Dawes is an author and that I love and adore. And she came back as a guest. I've had her years ago and then she came back and we had that conversation a little bit offline where she was saying, you know, it's such an awesome show. I love how she, you know, she's like, I love how you interview. I'm so relaxed. You really mm. should do this. And I'm like, I thinking about it, but mm, insert self doubt, insert, you know, imposter mm. syndrome, like yeah. the time commitment, um, and, and she's like, you know, people, this is something that could be very beneficial, not only for the listeners and the readers to help discover new authors and new narrators, folks and stuff like that, but also to the authors themselves, plus the production companies and the publishers, because you're really doing this marketing for this whole demographic that doesn't really exist outside of maybe one thing here and there during the month of June. And the whole concept of helping the community kind of sucker punch me in there. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Uh, <laughs> I see it. And then I, I took the leap. So um, I tend to blame Amy Dawes for all this. And <laughs> she, she was a great supporter and has been still since then. And, and just kind of keeps it going that way. And then kind of yeah. goes in there and, and make the show. <laughs> so when you first started and you started interviewing and chatting to um, you know, in, in an interview format, chatting to authors and narrators and things. Did you find that like challenging at first? Do you still find it challenging? Has it gotten easier over time? It, it has. I think I, I've never find it found it challenging in a sense of sitting down and talking to you guys as my guests. Uh, I think the most mm. challenges at first was figuring out the tech and how to get mm -hmm. the stuff out there to all to, for everybody to listen. Once I had that done, um, it was easier for me to just figure that stuff out. Um, as the guests, um, I don't. I, authors want to talk about their stories, and narrators want to talk to someone outside of themselves in multiple voices. <laughs> 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 so it's uh, they're all for like, oh, talk to real people, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But like you, you are such a good presenter, and you, you put guests like immediately at ease. And I, I'd just love to know if you have any advice for folks like myself. This is a cheeky question, given the circumstance <laughs> we find ourselves in currently. But I just wanted to know like, what components do you think make up like a good podcast and a good podcast host? Oh, great question. Um, I think that once uh, as the host, you realize that this show, sh unless it, it's meant to be this way, it's not about you. You're you're mm -hmm. the the one that is um, providing the platform for everyone else to shine. And the mm -hmm. listeners, as much as they may love on you as the host, um, they're there for your guests. And mm -hmm. so there's parts of you that they are going to learn because of the conversation goes into play. Like people find out that I have my dogs and that I have, a, you know, this or that because the conversation flows that way. But it's never all about it's not the Vivi show, right? It's not the mm -hmm. Enchantress show. And so making it about the guest, I think, and in a way that it's not intrusive to, you know, like. Hey, as an author, you write BDSM. Does that mean that you two are a practitioner? You know, we don't ask those kind yeah, of questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> uh, it's all about that ease of just coming over to my house and hanging out somewhere and and talking. And because it's something that the guest is passionate about, their own books, they're passionate about the industry, mm -hmm. they're passionate about the book, the careers of being narr narrators. It's an easy topic when you're yeah. passionate about something. So yeah. I tried yeah. to, I tried to make it that way and uh and I don't put any time constraints on the on the conversations because I know sometimes we get to the goody meaty con conversation a few minutes into it 30 minutes into it sometimes um and just kind of let the conversation flow. I have a set of questions there to keep me going focused but we go so off script sometimes it's and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Do some, I get a lot of um, messages from narrators who are early, early on in their career, you know, they're just starting out on their narrator journey. And one of the things that they, um, one of the ambitions that they have is to, is to be a guest on podcasts and to, you know, chat a little bit more about their brand and, and, and push themselves out there. And I just wondered if you have any advice at all for those, for narrators or, you know, anybody really in that position when they get that opportunity to join a show to be a guest to chat about themselves how do they 
sort of present themselves to become like your favorite type of guest? Like how does one, you know, best put themselves forward in this kind of space? Ooh, um, definitely listen to some of the previous episodes to kind of get the mm. gist and the flow of things. And that will also, at least for me, I, I tend to be formulaic as far as the lines of questions. But again, it ebbs and flows. And <laughs> but you will understand that you're going to get asked things like, you know, tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been writing or narrating and how you got started. Um, yeah. Knowing that answer helps. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to get questions like your favorite genre. Is there an accent and things like that that you want that you prefer or not prefer, you know? all these things. Yeah. And so those are those very basic things that will mentally be like, okay, I have an understanding of what, where this is going. It's going to be nice and relaxing. Um, the other thing too, is if you already are set to be a guest at a podcast and the host hasn't provided you with um, any information as to what you guys are going to be talking about or anything like that, feel free to ask, send them the email mm -hmm. that says, Hey, can we focus on X, Y, Z because you have a release. Um, or, yeah. um, by the way, um, these topics are completely offhand, um, and we're not going to be talking about them. And that's also where listening to previous episodes is helpful because you'll get a, uh, an idea of how the host runs their show. And if they're, if you mm -hmm. need to even say that or not is another way of, you know, going about it. If you feel yeah. that there's certain things that you don't want to talk about, that's okay. And as your host of the show, they should never, ever, ever make you feel bad about that, nor try to sneak <laughs> it in during the conversation um, because that's not cool. And yeah. and honestly, just uh, the only other thing is, and a lot of times you're going to get asked, uh, what are you currently working on and what's working on next? Having that list prepared is so yeah. fantastic because you are now set up for success and not coming across the oh hold on a minute let's see and then yeah, yeah. you're not mispronouncing names of your clients or the books that you're narrating you have a timeline that's a lot easier um also send us that list as your host so i mean i have notebooks of notes and stuff like that but sometimes i'm like what was that pronunciation because my handwriting was going rather fast and, yeah, yeah. and things like that so i i think those are the biggest you know uh, suggestions and ideas yeah. for it. If you have never been a guest at a podcast before um, and you want to do it for your first time, shoot your shot. Send the, the mm -hmm. host an email saying, hey, are you looking for guests? I've done two books. I've done five. <laughs> I've done 10. Some places will have limits and may want to come have you come back when you're you know 10 books in. Um, I, I'm not that way. In fact, this year's series is mainly focused on new, which means five, 10 or less up and coming between 10 and 25 narrators and then more on and so on kind of thing. So it's mm. for me, it's, I really wanted to focus on some of the newer folks and highlight them um, because we have such a variety of talent coming into the industry. Mm. And I think this is also a good way to kind of just say, Hey guys, yes, I know all these other folks over here are awesome, but look at here, <laughs> <laughs> check them out and, and kind of go from there, but, but shoot your shot. Well, 
Well, I, for one, am very grateful that you're doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So I had the pleasure of listening to you on a Clubhouse episode hosted by the amazing Anna Clements. Um, Mm -hmm. And in that interview, you were talking about uh, the marketing work that you do with authors, but you also mentioned um, narrators in that conversation. And I was so interested with the advice that you were giving. So I I wanted to ask in more detail Um, for those narrators who... You know, as we said before, maybe they're at the start of their narrator journey. Maybe they've narrated 500 books. But for those who social media, marketing themselves, all that kind of stuff maybe doesn't come as naturally to them as it does to others. Could you perhaps chat about some of the things narrators can start doing to improve their marketing game and like why it's so important for narrators, for us to be for pushing ourselves and for promoting these projects as just as important as it is for for authors and and you know publishers oh yeah i love this topic <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for, especially for new ones and even many established narrators uh, the first thing i always want to tell is get a website even if it's a basic landing page where there is a contact email that's a host for a podcast can reach out to you to see about being a guest authors can reach out to you about casting production companies so on and so forth that alone is going to give you a, a positive check mark on my list of when I'm casting, mm-hmm. when I'm looking for guests, when I'm recommending narrators for, for authors. Um, if I have to go through a bunch of different things to try to get your contact information, you're not as shiny anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and not the yeah. talent side. It's just that I'm like, okay, then because there's people on social media, I'm like, oh, look over here. You know, John is posting about this. Great. Uh, and I'm looking for a British voice. And I was thinking over there. Now I'm over here. Um, you are your brand. You are, you are the business. Your voice, you as a narrator are everything. So figuring out what that looks like. And you don't have to have it all down pat, you know, when you're first narrating. But grabbing those handles under your name, because that is your business brand, mm-hmm. right? Making even if you're not on Instagram, even if you're not on TikTok, grab them. One day you just don't know you might need them or want them. Plus, also no one can steal them from you, and then yeah. make fake accounts or anything like that. Yeah. And it's just good to have them. The other thing is work with the author. If if you've been cast in a book and they've announced the casting, retweet it, repost it, share it. Um, same thing if you, when the book has been released, as the authors are so appreciative, and also see it as what else you're bringing to the table when they are mm-hmm. posting about the audiobook and you're jumping on that saying things like it was so much fun or oh my god it's out yay and retweeting it and again sharing it with the masses that it's out and available authors are looking to increase their visibility with the the format of audiobooks because that's a different it's the same marketing concepts as you do for ebooks and paperbacks, but it's different in that not only as the fact that it's audio, but the fan base is different. How they're getting mm. their information is different than how ebooks and paperbacks are, you know, information is getting out. And as a narrator is concerned, things to post is that hey, you're a narrator. That always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to remain anonymous, you don't have to show me your 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 you know your face and things like that. Um, basic icons, whether it's a mic, whether it's um, headphones and things like that to kind of create a bit of a logo works totally mm-hmm. fine. And I'm um, posting the cover of the book, of course, so long as you have permission 
to share that you're recording it. That's another post right there um, teasing us saying, you know, I can't tell you now because we're always like, oh, dang it. You can't tell us. But we love that (laughs) (laughs) because we know something's coming. Uh, But you can tell us that you're going to be a wizard. You can tell us that you're going to be a business and a billionaire. You can tell us a little bit about what it is that you're narrating as far as the character. And we're going, okay, great. Some people will make a mental note in their list of things to look at others have calendars and planners that will write this information down john is going to be a disney villain um (laughs) soon and things like that and and that's it that's all we know he's going to be a disney villain okay great but now we have that in our heads and we're going to look for things and when someone says from the publishing houses if we're following them or the author says something we're like aha that was the one that they were referring to and we get all excited um yeah and and also working with your peers uh the other thing too is um i was in another clubhouse um as a as an audience member and the conversation about having that stress about having to post and how frequently and staying you know in the light of everyone that's following you and how stressful that is it's a lot of stress i don't post every day unless you see me posting about this series that's as daily Mm -hmm. as you're going to get from me um because it's also very stressful in figuring out and timing but that's also where sharing others is important and i think if you're if you're a co-narrator is doing something whether it's for the same book that you're narrating together or separate everyone gets lifted together this just work together to do that um you know rave on others rave on podcasters rave on authors there's so many different things that can be done but yeah, yeah it's those little things that it takes two seconds while you're doing other activities to retweet (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely i can't tell you how many good and valid points (laughs) was was in those things that's going to help a lot of people i know have you um just i'm very interested to know whether obviously there's all there's been always been a massive presence or at least as long as i can remember being a huge presence uh, on the internet for book fans you know you have um, more recently you have book talk but then you had booktube and all those types of things have you noticed growth over the last few years for audiobook fans for 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 soul you know fans of listening to audiobooks and then becoming more vocal has that sort of you know gotten bigger in your in your experience recently yeah so within the i've been in this and now as a whole from reviewers um for 15 years and Mm. i've i've seen the trends ebb and flow whether it's the genres to the listeners to to the readers how information is getting out there back in the day used to be as bloggers (laughs) that uh and 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 people were like oh they went away and like no many of us are still here we also now just also have social media the terms are, are different the the term influencer I don't like it. Um, it's 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 can there's a lot of stuff there, but um, it's just one of those like a lot of folks might think that you need to have this huge platform to share your insight and your opinions and what you're loving on. You don't. Um, I'm a great example of I don't have millions of followers, but when I say oh, I love a book or I say this book was fantastic, there is a, a spike in sales. There's a spike in that author getting followers and likes and things like that and interest being peaked. While others mm-hmm. that have millions of followers barely talk about it or act a specific way that may turn off some of the authors, may turn off some of the narrators from being on that platform and even some of the readers because they're not always constantly talking about books or they're doing other things in the mix of it all. Um, yeah. it, 
thanks to the pandemic <laughs> these past two and a half years, there's been a spike, huge big spike in audiobooks and as listeners goes, which then because the audience of listeners is bigger and more voracious, that's how it has allowed the authors and the production companies to ramp things up and provide us more as listeners were ravishing these books. I mean, they can't get them out fast enough. And so that means also that the audience continues to grow because more people are finding out about these things called audiobooks and and listening to the narrators tell us these stories while we're still adulting and able to do other things. Um, so yeah, there's been a huge spike in in who is listening and how the word is getting out and production companies and marketing companies and people doing services for authors and narrators. And um, that's a good thing and sometimes not a good thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. With everything that that's that you're doing currently, and you know, obviously, this it's audiobook months, so the show's in full swing, and all the prep that goes in it, and all of your usual tasks. It, it does sound awfully busy, and I'd love to know, like, how you structure your day. Like, could you take us through like a typical working day in the life? Like, how you just how you structure and schedule everything. <laughs> Well, I wake up in the morning with a cat sitting on me and I'm going, is that a heart attack or a cat? No, that's Snickers. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then she's being all cute because I'm like, I try to not use her as an excuse. I have used her as an excuse for staying in bed a little bit longer uh, <laughs> because she's so darn cute. But now, you you know, you kind of, when it comes down to, to, you know, recording and things like that, I try to schedule out as much out in advance as possible to allow the guest to have the time because you guys are recording you have your own schedules to maintain with book recording same thing with the authors and um, their writing schedule so a day in the life of vivi after waking up and going oh my goodness it's morning uh, <laughs> <laughs> is reminding myself what day it is today like i did today i'm like oh shit today is wednesday i thought i basically had nothing because i was it was a late night and i'm like yeah. no 8 45 i have a doctor's appointment and then i'm talking to john at 11 okay runs <laughs> <laughs> made it to the doctor on time <laughs> that's good yeah. and you were early for this interview as I well I was so yeah. yes um I try to prep the night before on the the list of questions it's a basic copy paste but amazing how computers will always decide to be a pain in the ass and yeah. have an update so I, I've learned to do it a day before but it, it really begins on figuring out what when the time of the recording of a show is um, mm. If I have it first thing in the morning, that's the first thing I'm doing, aside from maybe getting a cup of coffee or in my case, a latte uh, <laughs> and and then straight into that. And then afterwards, it becomes doing graphic work for the episodes that are upcoming and uploading the from the garage band, making it into an MP3 so I can then upload it to, to SoundCloud and hope that all things work. Thanks to Dropbox being a pain in the butt most of the time, um, <laughs> connecting with the uh, editors and making like sure that they're working on the next episode and what does that look like? Timeline, um, posting mm. on social media, uh, trying to find out what the latest scoop is on narrators and authors as far as what's being popular, thought about, and, and not going to lie, I look to see what the potential dramas might be out there just so I know what some of the pitfalls may be or potential yeah. working with clients, both narrators and authors of like, mm, guess what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are always not fun, but still needed and unnecessary uh, evil, as they say. Um, yeah. And then just uh, trying to figure out what next after this show, for an example, for the series goes, okay, great. So 
June 31st is the last day. Uh, sorry, June 30th. See, I'm trying to extend it here because I need one more day, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough time. Uh, as soon as this, I mean, I'm I'm still getting to the very end of the recording for the series itself. Um, I think I have one this Friday. And then on Monday, I have a really big episode that I'm recording that it's a multicast. And I have a bunch of the narrators there with their author. And that's usually the first time the author gets to really hang out with the narrators. So it's, fa it's fascinating because she loves her narrators and is also a fan of their work. So that's always kind of mm -hmm. fascinating. But also to talk about the book. Um, yeah. It's great to kind of have the conversation how what the author has provided in words and how the narrator's performance are interpreting those words. And it's just great fun. And then that's the last official recording I have. And then I'm like in full swing for Sultry Listeners Awards, which launches in Ju in July. And that's yeah. my first year as the owner. And I'm going, oh, great, great. Okay, I got the logo done. Um, <laughs> there's a long list of things I still need to do. Like <laughs> that is an amazing segue and I'm yes. so pleased you mentioned it Sultry Awards please can you tell us what this is about what your you know expectations are for the future what your plans are with this because um, I think it sounds incredibly exciting yeah it is so the Sultry Awards ha have been around for nine years I think I'm going to start playing that lottery um, this year and do nine nines um and nine and fifteen are my two numbers this year but uh but yeah so it's been around for nine years it got started by two bloggers and 100 percent forgiveness i don't remember their names it's 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 been a while but then felicia from the geeky blogger was the third one that got involved in it about eight years ago um oh actually i think she was there from the very beginning she and i are good friends and have kind of been bloggers for the, along the same long, long time about 15 16 years together in fact she was the last blogger to win in Audis because there used to be a blogger reviewer awards via the Audis and she was the last one to win and no lie I was ready to submit my name for the next year and they're like no we're no oh. longer doing it and I'm like god damn it oh. <laughs> I thought there was other words coming up too but yeah. <laughs> but she won and because she is such a fantastic uh person in the community always loving on folks and uh she was another one that was i've had her on the guest in the series because she's such an avid listener and reader and we also do different genres she's significantly more with historical romance well i love it i'm more pnr paranormal um mm -hmm. so it's a good mix um so she's been doing it by herself uh, about seven or eight years similar to mine and with life and work and just wanting to kind of go back to being more of a fan versus someone in the industry because that's mm. a different title altogether with the level of work. Um, she was like, okay, this is going to be my last year. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Because this award is specifically for, it's it's run by a reader and a listener that is meant for listeners and readers to submit and love on the authors and the narrators. And there isn't an award ceremony out there at all for that. Sovas and Audis are great, but those are more industry driven than yeah. anything. Um, there's nothing for the fans and now they have been more coming up and there are a few that are up and coming but none that are specific for audiobooks specifically in the romance genre and so yeah. the she said like uh, option number one is I shut this down and there are no more sultry listeners or you take it over those were the only two options and, <laughs> and I was like <laughs> 
I will take it on. I got it. Okay, I good. So I'm this is gonna be my first year running it. Um, I've helped in the past with graphics and marketing for it. So that that setup of is you know one that I'm familiar with, but running it completely all by myself, like the song says, yeah. is going to be a big endeavor, but I have a lot of faith that the listeners are going to love on it. The categories are going to be fantastic. We have the same ones that we've had in the past, but we've adding a couple of new ones. We're changing some stuff to be significantly more inclusive in the verbiage um, mm. because I'm all about include the diversity and inclusion and, and yeah. ensuring that everyone is comfortable. I know I cannot make everyone happy. In fact, I know I'm going to have some haters on some of this stuff and uh, too bad. So sad. Oh, well, and <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm all about the masses and, and being inclusive. And so like one of the things that we changed for this year was we used to have a favorite female and a favorite male narrator category. Mm. And with how, Today, in today's day and age, we are all about removing some of those labels because not everyone fits into these categories. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing um, a favorite narrator. And okay. and it's one of those where I know folks are going to be like, no, we like the separation because the guys, I'm sorry, pleasant, you know, company excluded because um, I know you're awesome. But yes, a lot of the times in this community, the men are the ones that are like all loved on, right? And yeah. especially in romance. I mean, heck, if you have a, a good voice and you say good girl or or anything like fuck or sexy, it's like panty melting, whatever. And they are all about them and they kind of leave the ladies to the side to the side. But yeah. this is something too that I'm very vocal about is if you have a problem with that, then do something about it. Mm. If you are, are loving on the guys, but you're also the first one to bust out with what about the ladies? Nominate the ladies. Put them in the forefront. Yeah. Tell them to to tell your your peers and your 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 own audience to vote for the ladies, and and do it that way. Support them that way. Making the excuse that the categories are different, making the excuse that someone else didn't get put them down, um, because that's something too. Like, oh, why wasn't so and so included? I'm like, did y'all include them? Mm-hmm. If you didn't, they're not going to show up on the list. Um, assuming never, ever assume that someone else is going to do it for you. I think that that's, that's with any kind of line of work. Um, no one is going to put your name on the list for auditions. No one's going to put you on the name for a publishing house. Don't ever assume, like do it yourself, put your own name down. If you want someone to shine, put their name down on something and, um, and nominate them. And so it's because there's a lot of folks that are male presenting, femme presenting, um, non-binary, non, you know, any, I mean, it, we want to have everybody represented and it, you know, it may be a huge ass mess. <laughs> it, it may, it may work completely. Um, we may try to rejuice it a little bit between now and then, and maybe have it be the top five best narrators of this year. You know, your top favorites mm. versus a one or a two winner kind of a thing. But I'm again, it's like, if you want this, uh, this title to be a, a nomination or a potential win in the contemporary romance, make sure that you, you nominate it, you know, so on and so forth. So it's yeah. something that the fans have to do for themselves and for their favorites. This is what the Sultry Listeners Awards has always been about. Um, yeah. It's not a, it's not up to me as the organizer to make sure that your favorite is included. You need to do that. I'm a listener as well. I don't vote on these things now as the organizer. Um, but I will make my darndest to make sure that everyone is included and everybody has a fair shot. 
Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's an amazing thing giving, um, giving you know, control and a voice to the listeners as well to to really shout mm-hmm. about the projects they care passionately about. Um, I think it's really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you, when so is this? Is it going to be on like a specific night? Is it like when on like timeline wise? When can we be looking forward to this? So the nomination starts in July first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have mental timelines. I have it on a spreadsheet of what's as far as the 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 waves are going to go. Everything is done. Um, one day I'll have an award ceremony, trust me. Uh, but this, you know, we, everything has always been done online. And so we yeah. have, oh, we do have a landing website, um, which is a, a sultry listeners awards.com. And uh, just redid the, the logo about a month ago. So it has a brand new logo, a bit more inclusive um, as far as the demographic. It used to be a really adorable woman presenting um, with listening to headsets, very much from a sultry listeners. You know, it was very cute and mm-hmm. femme. But again, we have, men that are writing romance we have um not presenting non-binaries all this stuff that everyone's all about the romance so mm. headphones are a lot more inclusive <laughs> so they got a new logo <laughs> um and uh so july is when the nominations are going to start everything it will be on the on the website as far as you know first wave of, of voting we're going to go through three different waves i believe if i'm remembering correctly um yeah. for votes and then the the last final wave is that you know the top five to get down whittle down to the one and and then we'll start doing the uh, announcing of the winners towards the end of the month i'm going to try to extend it as long as possible just because people have so many things going on i don't ever want anybody to miss an opportunity to vote yeah. Um, and also give everyone enough time. There are parameters as to when a book, in order to be nominated, it has to have been published. So that information is already on the website. If not, it will be soon. Um, mm-hmm. And to kind of start thinking about who do you want to nominate and kind of go from there. And uh, they, it has its own social media platforms as well, so where we're trying to keep everything together so it's not sporadic. But information will be shared um, on my own personal social medias as well as the Audiobook Loving series and podcast uh socials to just to get everybody aware of it um but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i even have um new little like awards uh, for the winners that are gonna get like a certificate that they can print out if they want but i'm actually looking to getting a 3d printout of trophies (laughs) for the winners well listen y'all do a lot of work and there's something about having something tangible and that's the one thing with audiobooks that we don't I personally yeah. love buying a book that I love and seeing it on the shelf, almost like a trophy um, of my <laughs> conquering. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Dexter comes to mind. Sorry. <laughs> With his trophies. Um, but, you know, you, you have the stoves in the audience and you guys get awards that you have to pay for um, in order to get those statues and those trophies. But they also have certificates yeah. and things like that. So I want to have something for the winners to have something tangible. So I was looking into having some 3D trophy, 3D printing trophies um, done. It's really nice that they can put on their bookshelves, but also some certificates that you know nom- nominees can that you know they went as far as getting nominated to the winners have something that they can display because that's something yeah. nice I think to be able to go look look I did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, I'm a hundred percent with you. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he sounds fantastic. And what I'll make sure to do as well is have the um, links and the social media to the awards um, mm-hmm. in the show notes of this show as well. So folks listening to this episode can go and check that out and make sure that they're following and uh, ready for uh, ready for more announcements. Yes. Now, <laughs> this, um, as we sort of alluded to before, um, before we started chatting about the awards, um, you're quite busy. You're, you've got a lot on your plate right now. Mm-hmm. Are you are you like and we mentioned multitasking and and how why you enjoy audiobooks so much so I guess it kind of you know may sort of be the same answer to this but like are you good at taking time off? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I am practicing taking time off. I am currently some of you that follow me on my specifically more so on Instagram. You might mm. see um some bath the pics of a drink and maybe some let you know some knee down kind of a leg show um and that's just proof that hey look i'm not working on a computer and i try to make sure to keep the devices away from that moment um but it's i i don't uh, have a whole lot of downtime even when i am sitting in the living room watching i'm actually catching up on fringe uh, which was the show back in the late i think early 2000s um yeah and um, even then I'm thinking about what happens next, what I need to do, um, or I will sit and do graphic work for social media posts, one thing or another. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to, because it's it's exhausting and it's not healthy. And I'm the first one to tell others to make sure that they add to their calendar, uh, you know, downtime whether it's vacation or just stepping away from the booth or the computer for writing and things like that (laughs) i don't take my own advice um (laughs) but it's just uh it's something that i'm trying to do more so this year uh focusing on that so i'll try to do like bath time on friday nights and saturday nights and uh even yesterday i was uh watching french but instead of being on the computer i um I'm refurbishing some old pieces of like jewelry boxes and regular boxes and rejuicing them to sell at a shop because I also do that. Um, <laughs> but the painting of that is actually nice and relaxing and I'm not focused on work, work stuff. So I'm able to just kind of dive into that back and forth rhythm of painting and making sure I, I don't mess that up, but still technically work, but fun. <laughs> yeah all this is fun that's the problem with someone <laughs> like me i i find joy in this i truly truly think of it as something fun my funny enough never officially diagnosed with anything from any neurodivergent but now as an adult and thanks to tiktok uh <laughs> just a, a bit of there i find out that i do have a lot of adhd and 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 some of us the on the spectrum of autism is just that I have that drive. I I focus on things. Yeah. I I hyper focus on certain stuff. And uh, but I don't ever do anything half assed. That's the other thing. I've never have. So anytime that I'm committed to doing something, I I do it to the best of my ability. And if I don't have the ability, but I'm asked to do it, I become a SME in that subject matter. Um, yeah. And then it it doesn't stop, which is also why I have not picked up epoxy. <laughs> I want to make a really pretty epoxy tray, John. I really do. I have the plans and everything, but I'm purposely staying away from it because I know it will become another business. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get something that has a mold of headphones, and all of a sudden y'all are gonna have me merch. So I'm purposely staying away from epoxy. <laughs> 
It's like with um, when working with authors and narrators, and of course your own uh, pursuits, obviously social media, whether it's um, giving advice to other people or running your own social media accounts and channels. Um, that's a huge part of everything that you do. Now, do you like kind of suggest like taking like having like boundaries to social media as content creators? Because I'm speaking of, like from personal experience. I started, um, I jumped on the TikTok hype um, from you know a narrator's point of view, and I started making uh, regular TikTok videos. And it took about two weeks before I became utterly obsessed. Like mm-hmm. absolutely like, every spare moment. I was because obviously then you start scrolling and finding other channels that you like on there and start using it as a as a user and, and a, as a fan in itself. Mm-hmm. But like I really had to like set these strict boundaries on there and thinking you, you're going to create the videos all in bulk when you can and then post them because I lose my life on sites like that. And like, as the man that had been traveling for the past uh, weekend and stuff like that and was going out to Greece and I'm like I need to take lessons from John on how to disconnect and travel <laughs> I must admit I must come clean to you now I was under strict strict instructions not to use TikTok not to go mm-hmm. on Instagram too much and then like I get like I get let off when something comes out and I can post about it like our interview um, you know came out while I was over there so mm-hmm. I was like no but this is important I have to I have to you know share this I have to like so whoever your handler is is for that i might need to borrow them <laughs> <laughs> or have them train someone here to be my handler <laughs> because <laughs> but yeah no i i do suggest boundaries i think that a lot of times we as the business or we as the uh person that loves to share will spend so much time doing this and giving of ourselves so much mm. that those around us in our actual in real life um you know, time and 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 families and friends may not get a hundred percent of us anymore. And when we're supposed to be sitting there having a dinner, yes, the food looks amazing, the preparation has been great. And mm. if you're, all you're thinking is, man, that would look like a great social media post, versus I cannot wait to dive into that, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the food is, um, and yeah. catch up with my friend that's sitting in front of me. I think that that's a good indicator of mm-hmm, put the phone away. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be cold turkey it could be as simple as as soon as that plate is getting down take the photo put the phone away and then you can do it i think a lot of times folks think that you have to post the moment it is happening no take a photo take a photo for a second and then get back into what it is that you're doing in real life in front of you and enjoy that moment uh capture it as you can as far as friends you know photos with friends photos of, of a sign of the location if you're going to do um, any form of even electronic scrapbooking or just to have that memory or to revisit it because you're not going to remember the name. Um, yeah. I think it's important. And even the content that you share, um, remembering your brand, if you're going to be that individual that is heavily on, like, I'm going to use myself as an example, <laughs> self-care and, you know, things like that. Like I'm really big about like those bath stuff. So yeah, maybe I'll do more photos with uh, a glass of wine in the background, um, usually mead, uh, and uh, a book that I'm listening to, or I'll post something that has the graphics similar to those. But in the moment, I need to really be able to enjoy that bath, uh, for an example. Otherwise, I'm burning the candle wick, not only on both ends, but also in the middle. And heck, there's room in between the middle and the front. Let's burn it there, too. Um <laughs> And so that's the topics too. Like if you're going to be the 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 person that is talking about all the sexy stuff in the books and things like that, be prepared to be asked inappropriate questions. 
and figure mm. out how you're going to answer those and if you're going to even give it a time of day. Um, we live in a world where the community is fantastic. It truly, truly is. And I love the community. This is why I've been part of it for 15 years. But there's always going to be uh, pockets of folks that will sexualize the narrators and mm. will bust out with inappropriate comments to them. Um, you're also going to have some haters. I will tell you, if you have haters, you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the louder fans. And... Um, and you're going to figure out how to, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you're putting yourself out there to be trolled, to be um, made fun of in one capacity or another. You need to figure out how much of a flying fuck you're going to give about that or not. Mm. And how much of an investment you're giving yourself to it mentally. Um, it's not healthy. It could be a really bad roller coaster ride if all your feed is full of negativity um, or people are not being positive about your work or what it is that you're presenting and posting, take time off, um, post in, mm -hmm. in batches, like you were saying. Um, I've been trying to do that too, where um, for a while there, I was just uh, collecting things. And then like, if I did photos this week of collecting photos, then I would schedule things out come that Monday for the following week and spend an hour just posting things. And then when they went live, kind of keeping an eye on them so I can interact in the comments as need be. So those yeah. are some of the things that you kind of have to keep in mind. Um, some of you guys have significant others and some of uh, some of the narrators are vocal about being married and you will get those people in your inbox is about, hmm, so you're married, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They take it as a challenge yeah. and I'm like, hmm, how about we focus on the books, <laughs> guys? Yeah. <laughs> And their performance, if they made you cry or not, um, things like that. <laughs> yeah. See, this is, a, this is a topic that I haven't actually discussed on this podcast before. And I think it may be, or is to me anyway, a relatively new thing. But I just wondered on your, um, from your experience, from your thoughts on narrators who, you know, narrate multiple genres. Mm -hmm. And then they have, you know, a, a pseudonym for, for romance and, and those more intimate material. Um, do you think this is something that, that narrators really should consider before taking on certain projects that if it's going to you know if it's a a big romance and it's going to get a lot of listens that it's perhaps something that they should take on board that they do have to be sort of careful with their social media especially if they've got family and all things like that oh yeah i think that the moment that you decide to be a narrator and same thing was an as an author um i mm. think having that moment of stepping back and saying okay do i want to do this under my real legal name where people can find stuff out it's really easy um, or do I want to write under a pseudonym and then figure out how separate you want to keep them? There are some narrators that have an entire persona under the pseudonym, like they are a but their own being, like the uh, like if they could, if we lived in a sci-fi world, they would be an actual human being as far as how they've worked <laughs> that pseudonym. Others yeah. are significantly more open and will tell you that they are X and Y at the same time, and. Mm -hmm. Others are completely secretive. Some folks are like, is that actually your real name or your pseudonym? And no one knows. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's where the the reason behind the pseudonym, as from a listener's perspective, what the reason for the narrator and their author reason for having the pseudonym is none of our damn business. And mm -hmm. we need to be respectful of that. If you want me to call you, you know, Jiminy Cricket, I will call you Jiminy Cricket <laughs> in public and stuff like that. In fact, I've had so many friends that are now friends um, like I'll use Monica Burns for an example. That's her pseudonym, Monica Burns. 
I've known mm-hmm. this woman for 10 plus years. I met her as Monica Burns. She will die as Monica Burns for me. And I, you know, I know her real name, but I don't refer to her as her real name. I am not the girl that's going to out anybody <laughs> by accident. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so from, from a business perspective, if you are not going to be comfortable doing certain genres um, or you want to keep more separate because maybe you started um, narrating in the younger books, you know, from middle grade, you know, very YA stuff. And now you're mm-hmm. going, hmm, I think I want to get into romance. You may want to look into getting a pseudonym just for separation of titles and someone that does a search and things like that. There's a lot of conversation right now on the business end of whether and how to use a pseudonym and what the justifications from a business perspective would be. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's the, the the conversation becomes on a personal level, like how much of yourself do you want to show and share? And if you're a teacher in public school, you may want to go under a pseudonym. <laughs> do you want yeah. your eighth graders to bust out with what's 50 shades of gray? No, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> but under your real name, that fact that you are a middle grade author might be good for your kids. If you're teaching elementary, right? That's yeah. just, that's, just kind of like what you want to do. And I, I think that it's just having those conversations. And if you are considering it, talk to other narrators, talk to other authors. Um, if you're never to talk to authors, I think that that's also mm. part of the conversation about uh, pseudonyms, but also keep in mind that once you open the door and you share that your pseudonym is X, Y, Z, um, the fact that you ask people to not share doesn't exist anymore. People will yeah. listen. Some, some will be very much of, oh, okay, I won't say anything. Others will shine it and and shout it out from the rooftops because for them it's guess what i know oh my god i'm the one with the intel and uh unfortunately that's the community also that we live in um also the the mentality of oh my god i love how john narrates the villain series and i want more stuff for an example so let's say that you had a pseudonym what is it i want just whatever it is that you're narrating i want and i get that mentality i really do because some of you guys are fantastic but if I can't find it on my own or you're not being open about it, I'm not going to dig. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's it is. And some there's a there's like I said, a lot of folks are not understanding the pseudonym reason. So some of it is safety. Some of y'all got stalked. There's a few of you that have criminal open cases against stalkers. No lie. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, I love the community and the fandom is great. But man, they will show up at your door. <laughs> <laughs> um it's unfortunately it's it's a bit of that stardom i mean at the end of the day you guys are our rock stars you guys are equivalent of our movie stars right and these fans can be fantastic and but you also may have kids that you don't want them to know that mommy dearest or daddy dearest or (laughs) some of these naughty things like reading a story is different at that level um (laughs) so that's where you have to be very conscientious about what it is that you're doing as far as your pseudonym if you're i'm talking about as serious as um if you do have a pseudonym make sure that your pseudonym has a an, an email account that's separate from your real name um yes. when you're being invited to do podcasts or to do facebook lives or instagram lives if it happens to be via email and you're using real name at gmail.com for your pseudonym guess what honey you're at it yourself and now it's uh, some people might look at that as free as free reign too shout it to the world unfortunately so but yeah yeah, it's a it's a it's it's an ongoing topic i think it's never going to go away honestly because 
society changes, communities change, um, what who you are when you first started in the industry is so totally different than you are five years later to 15 books later to a hundred books later to so on and so forth. So it all depends on your own comfort level and uh, what that looks like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it will continue to evolve as Mm -hmm. you say, as our, as our, as our world evolves. And it's definitely a conversation um, that I think is is really worth having on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and sort of checking in. Yeah. Um, A little bit of a different question for you. Mm -hmm. If, um, if you had to create a podcast that wasn't about audiobooks, wasn't about narrators or authors or even stories, what do you reckon it would be about? <gasps> Ooh, if it wasn't to do with the book industry at all, I am still no. a sucker for, for business stuff. So if it wasn't to be on how to create and do marketing plans or business strategy stuff. Um, yeah. But honestly, I probably would do one on self-care, <laughs> what that looks okay. like. Um, yeah. because a lot of folks tend to think that the self-care means spending hundreds of dollars and spending a weekend at a spa and, um, or buying things and things like that. And, and reality is, uh, a self-care is anything that won't keep your sanity going. And in my case, the little sanity I have left, I'm trying to hold on to dear life. Uh, and that may mean just stepping away and stretching, right. Um, yeah. stepping away from the, the desk and, going outside maybe with my cup of coffee and just listening to the birds for the five minutes and then going back to work. Uh, It looks like being able to tell those in your life what's going on mentally, emotionally, um, and anything else in life that's important to you. Um, I've I've struggled a lot with having these kind of conversations with my immediate family, like with my kid and my husband and, and my sister, because I am such a workaholic. Um, letting them think that also because I work from home, I'm not fucking around. I'm not mm-hmm. lily lagging. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working and yeah, you'll see me on Facebook and yeah, you'll see me looking at the stock sites for the sexy guys with no shirt on. And by goodness, that's a pain in the butt y'all that are looking into doing graphic covers for, for authors. It's not easy. Okay. It's not easy looking at all these hot guys in <laughs> stock photos. <laughs> Because of what you're looking for but there's a misconception of and i think it's inclusive of authors and even sometimes narrators that if you're if that some of the stuff you're doing for just shits and giggles i'm like no this is work and yeah. having those conversations with those in your immediate life to say listen i know this is what you think i'm doing but this is actually what i'm doing i need the time to be able to do it if you're constantly knocking on my door if you're constantly giving me shits you're adding stress to me and then yeah. I can't relax and I can't do my job, which helps pay the bills. If you're getting paid, I'm not most of the time. Um, and figuring out what that looks like, but also being able to step away to give those individuals your 100% attention and yeah. learning those boundaries. So I think too, it, it doesn't really matter what the industry is. We as individuals need to put those boundaries up and, and get away from the office, uh, wherever that office may be. And whatever that work looks like and just be in the moment. Um, and then, yeah, I think that would be it. And then I'll probably add food to it because I, I love, <laughs> I'm a chef as well. Oh, cool. um, and so I love cooking. And part of that is maybe how to incorporate that into your self-care because uh, eating crackers and cheese for lunch and breakfast and dinner is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's such, you know, I think that's such a good, 
idea, first of all, and, and so important. And it's definitely something that I am, um, is, is a, continues to be a, a massive learning curve for myself. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dealing with the, dealing with just that, the, the, the weirdness of being in charge of your own time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and especially if you're coming from a, you know, conventional workplace where you, you know, you get told where you sit and you get told what times you do things and suddenly you get a chance to make that those decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, and you sort of realise, you know, it's it's a lot harder than it may seem, um, you know, and, and then I think mostly, uh, most of the time people think, oh, it's, it's because you wouldn't get anything done. But I, I agree with you. I think it's more the opposite. I yeah. think you become so anxious about well, I've got to, I've got to pay the bills two months down the line, mm-hmm. so I've got to start putting things in place for that. Yeah, no one and, tells and, you freelancing yeah. is is scary. You know, uh, yeah. when you're working at a day job and you have that nine to five, if you're doing forty hours a week, your butt is guaranteed X amount of dollars when you get paid. Um, yeah. And whatever that is that you did during that forty hours a week, you may have had some deadlines. Some deadlines got pushed out. Work is being done constantly, and with the exception of you badly behaving and having to get fired out of the blue or um, in some cases when they're, there's a company layoff um, mm. and you, you're affected that way, it, jobs tend to be pretty secure. Freelancing, not so much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all project work and your project may last, uh, in your case, a book. Um, sometimes mm. there, you can be booked out for an entire series, but sometimes author, you know, authors change narrators within the series. Um, for me, uh, marketing for a specific campaign of a book is one project and mm-hmm. you're not charging what you would make a month at a day job because mm, that's frowned upon <laughs> and but you're trying to make ends meet and so you're constantly now trying to figure out okay if i do four projects what does that look like then i'll be able to pay them the bills for this month i'll be able to afford the groceries and the eggs that keep getting more expensive i'm not getting rid of my eggs or my dairy um, <laughs> and uh, and things like that. And you're constantly then thinking, okay, well, we don't know what's coming next. So I'm going to overbook myself now to give yeah. myself time later, right? Yeah. To get that yeah, vacation. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> no. You're overbooked now, you're overbooked later, you're overbooked four months from now. And you're going, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I really resonate with that. Um, as we as we sort of go towards uh, the the end of this episode, which I, I must admit, this hour has flown by. Doesn't um, it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to. We've spoken about a few uh, things that you have um, that you're working on upcoming, but I just want to ask, sort of officially, really, as we end, um, just just end by simply asking if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about that we can look forward to. You even laughed at that question. <laughs> I did. I did because there's so much. <laughs> there's so many things that you're and, doing. And I it's... love it that at this, you know, so early on in our relationship, you already know me. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, for me, um, I'm really looking forward to continuing with this month of June. Uh, we have yeah. a, the, this this month's focus has been really about the the new and upcoming narrators, which a bunch of old ones that are um and and are coming back like uh you know i have a couple of narrator folks that are coming back this later in the month and i'm like yay it's like catching up with old friends sultry listeners is in july um looking to see about um working with a couple of events that i've been approached to do some event work 
um, and be like the event organizer um, or the audiobook liaison. Um, yeah. I'm going to start using that title, by the way. Audiobook oh, liaison. Should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and bringing the narrators to some of these events, because I think those are always kind of fun, but there's also a lot of nuances to work through. Uh, and, um, I'm also look, honestly, I'm looking to rebrand myself from a business perspective a little bit and kind of hone on some of the, the services that I do provide because I wear so many hats in this industry. Mm. I, I think it would be more beneficial for myself and then thus the clients to have more of that niche to see where that and what that looks like. Um, and so um, I will also be taking on a couple more new clients. So if we have narrators and authors out there that are looking to get um, some projects done, um, but I'm also working hugely on doing more consulting work where I mm -hmm. think kind of these kind of conversations are great. Um, and people are like, wait, what about this? And I'm like, let's book some time and we can dive deeper into the individual's specific needs and desires. Um, yeah. when it comes down to work in this industry. So I'll be uh, launching that, I think, also in July, the consultation work and Fantastic. kind of going from there. Yeah. So where's the best place for people to keep up with you so that they know when, when you know, the consultations are going to be available to book? Where can people follow along with everything that you're doing? Do you remember we were talking about social media? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so each of my stuff has their own um, individual social media accounts. But honestly, I think that's, if you follow my main one, which is where it's, it's like Viviana Enchantress of Books or Enchantress of Books is usually uh, the main handle. Mm -hmm. I tend to retweet or repost stuff from the other stuff that's going on too within that account. So you kind of get a little bit of everything from me there. Um, will probably be the best one to keep in mind. But I'm also so easy to get a hold of. Just DM me on any platform. Um, my email information is out there as well on the website. So you can just shoot me an email and say, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, Hey, right back. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, what I'll make sure to do, of course, is that to place all of the links, um, to social media websites, the things that we've talked about uh, during this episode in the show notes, um, and that brings us to a close, unfortunately, for this episode of the Audiobook Club. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, another huge, huge thank you to you, Viviana, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and having these kind of conversations. I think it's great for the community as a whole, you know, authors, narrators and the listeners. Thank you for having this podcast. You've been such a wealth of knowledge for folks, um, again, in this community. So I appreciate you and all the stuff that you do as well. Oh, thank you very much. Well, right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them and keeps you in the driver's seat. 
check it out at proaudiovoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.